It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Rich Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning, along with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. On March the 8th, all Georgia pre-K teachers, child care teachers, and child care staff in programs with a license or exemption from Decal became eligible for COVID-19 vaccines. Since then, teachers and staff have been flocking to nine mass vaccination sites from Clarksville to Savannah, as well as local health departments and pharmacies to get vaccinated. And Commissioner, on today's podcast, we're going to tackle some of the frequently asked questions we're hearing from the child care workforce. Yes, as you can imagine, um, as soon as the announcement came out from the governor, we began getting questions that we don't know that we're qualified to answer. And so <laughs> happy to have um, actually an expert here that can answer some of those questions for our teachers. We always try to do that. If, if we don't have the answers, we'll find an expert and bring them in. And it's great to, uh, to doing that today. So uh, joining us to talk about COVID-19 vaccines for early education teachers and staff is Pam Stevens. Who is not the expert. Who's not the expert, <laughs> parenthetically. <laughs> Deputy Commissioner of Child Care Services, now the expert, and Dr. Georgina Peacock, who currently serves as the Georgia Department of Health Chief Medical Officer as a Center for Disease Control assignee. She also oversees the CDC Vaccine Implementation Unit, so uh, clearly she is our expert. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So Pam, it's been a few weeks now. Um, how are childcare professionals responding to this new eligibility for COVID-19 vaccines. And overall, why is it so important for childcare to get their vaccinations now? So, I mean, overwhelmingly, we've had a positive response to this. You know, um, I think maybe the best word to describe how everyone is feeling is relief. You know, they're relieved to finally be able to get their their vaccines and, and so appreciative as well. You know, um, you have to hand it to childcare. They never closed. They couldn't close because people still had to work during the pandemic. You know, hospitals were open, grocery stores were open, pharmacies were open. You know, there were things that had to be done and people needed a safe place to bring their children. So before we knew much about COVID and before there was a vaccine, these people were willing to go out there and even with the risk, they took care of George's children. And so now, so deservedly, they're, they're, they're eligible to get the vaccine and we're so happy about that. And I think, you know, there's so many reasons for that. One is, you know, it's just when you have people in groups, there's risk. Although they have done, I will say childcare has done an amazing job at controlling the spread. You know, childcare is not a super spreader place at all. We, we're not seeing that. So they've done an amazing job, but they want to be able to go back to normal activities. They want to be able to take kids on field trips again. They want to have visitors to their program. And we always talk about how important family engagement is. Right now, families can't enter a childcare center. My, my granddaughter is in childcare and my daughter and son-in-law have never met her teachers. And that's, you know, and again, right thing to do, happy that, that that's the right thing to do, but it'll be so nice when we're all vaccinated and we can, you know, build those relationships again. They're so important for children and families. So, um, so for so many reasons, we're just so happy that we're at this point right now and everybody's responding so well. Yeah, we've gotten really great feedback from a lot of our childcare teachers um, and lots of pictures with uh, shots and arms or vaccination cards, which has been really cool. Uh, so Dr. Peacock, 
Uh, I want to start with your first question. So between the mass vaccination sites and the health departments and the pharmacies, how do you think Georgia is doing at rolling out the vaccines? Talk about some of the challenges and how do we know the vaccines are safe? I, I know that's definitely one of the top questions that we're receiving that we shouldn't be answering, but we know you can answer that for us. Yeah, so I think we're doing really well with uh, vaccine rollout and the fact that we now can uh, vaccinate uh, people in the education workforce, especially childcare providers, is a huge step forward. Um, as you heard, people can get vaccinations at different places. And I think the reason we have different places where people can be vaccinated is because different types of sites work better for different people. So for example, it might be easier for someone to go to one of those uh, mass vaccination sites that's a drive-through. You go, you um, you know, get vaccinated, you wait your observation time, and then you're able to leave, and then you come back for your second shot um, a number of weeks later. For other people, it might be easier to walk into a pharmacy. Um, there are lots of different uh, pharmacy partners that are out there that have vaccine. Um, and then there are uh, the health departments. So the health departments also have um, availability, sometimes in their actual health department, or it might be in a site that's affiliated with the health department. And then there are community events. And so community events are um, sort of very local. They might be in a church. They may be a partnership with a school district um, and things like that. And so depending on what works for people, hopefully they can find a way to get a vaccine um, uh, in the way that, they, that is best for them. Because there's a huge demand for a vaccine, what we are seeing in Georgia is um, it, it can be harder, especially in some of the urban areas, to find an, a vaccine appointment as opposed to some of um, the, the more rural areas. And what we have done in the, in the past week, a couple weeks, is we're looking at where the demand is and we're shifting our new um, uh, shipments of vaccine to places where there's more demand, which you know, in, in many cases is kind of the urban areas. And so hopefully people are, it, hopefully it is getting easier for people to find a vaccine that is close to their home. Um, uh, you know, uh, the the challenge always is, 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 you know, making sure that people know that the vaccine is out there. And like you said, that the vaccine is safe. So the vaccine went through the same, um, uh, the same safety measures that, that, and, and clinical trials that other vaccines go through. Uh, when it was first reviewed. So they, they review the uh, clinical data at the FDA, and then it goes to the CDC and the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices also reviews all of that safety data. And then they make a recommendation about um, whether or not the vaccine should you know, go into production for, for the public, which they have done now with three vaccines, with Pfizer, Moderna, and the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And so, after that happens, there's continued monitoring of safety through a couple different systems. One of them is called vSafe, which you get um, offered to be a part of when you get vaccinated. Hundreds of thousands of people are uh, um, enrolled in vSafe and uh, can um, uh, and what's happening is they're reporting side effects back through this vSafe symptom so that we, are able to understand even more what's going on as people are getting these vaccines. 
So the vaccines are available, uh, they are safe. And the most important thing we can do to get back to, you know, parents being able to come into child cares and, and people um, being able to go, or children being able to go on field trips is getting vaccinated. So um, thanks for having me here today. You know, we hear a lot about field trips uh, that keeps circling <laughs> back around. Pam, I know you probably hear a lot about uh, even in-house field trips to have um, outside guests come in. So it's going to be nice to, yeah. to see that return. Um, Dr. Peacock, we hear about the various providers, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson. Are people given a choice when they go to get their appointment? Maybe how are they different and uh, are the Johnson & Johnson the one and done, as the governor said, uh, vaccines prioritized for educators? So uh, um, in general, there is not a choice of which vaccine you can get because there's not a great visibility for us on availability of what vaccine we're going to have. We're still receiving vaccine from uh, the federal government and then it gets allocated out. And the doses that we're getting uh, is not completely predictable at this time. So there are some things that you can keep in mind. For example, if you um, are interested in getting a Pfizer vaccine at the mass vaccination sites, those GEMA sites, the nine that you spoke about, that's all Pfizer. Um, uh, Walgreens and um, CVS and some of the other federal retail pharmacy programs um, do have Pfizer. I think they also have other vaccinations. The reason, one of the reasons to know where Pfizer is, is 16 and 17 year olds can only get Pfizer. And so that's important to know. But in general, um, it's hard to know right now um, where which vaccine is. I think maybe in the future, we will know that and there will be an opportunity for choice, but at the moment there is not. Um, what the state of government, or state of Georgia did do, however, was their first allocation of Johnson and Johnson was allocated to the education workforce, um, and so the idea behind that is, in general, um, not not completely, but in general. Um, uh, the, the education workforce is uh, younger, has less uh, underlying conditions, um, and they um, uh, want to get back to 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 um, sort of this sense of normalcy because of the the work that they're doing, and therefore the one and done, the having a vaccine and being done and getting immunity quicker, um, was a. a um, a good way to use the initial doses of Johnson and Johnson that we got. So those were sent out. Um, I, that isn't going to probably be the case, you know, necessarily moving forward. But um, as we get more Johnson and Johnson, it's certainly a good option for people who don't want to get two vaccinations and, um, you know, kind of want to get this, this part over. So Pam, will you remind everyone who is eligible to receive a vaccine at this point? And I think disclaimer is uh, on the day we're recording this, this is what Pam knows. <laughs> uh, it could change by the time uh, we actually um, broadcast the podcast. Right. In terms of childcare in, in uh, our field, it's anybody who works in a program that is licensed by DECAL or has an exemption through DECAL. And also anyone who works in a Georgia's pre-K program in the school system. Those are the, that all of those people are eligible. And it doesn't matter what you do at the program. If you are the cook, if you are the bus driver, we want you all to get vaccinated. So I think it, it's pretty inclusive. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's real. It's really everybody. So it's, we're very excited about that. 
And Pam, how do we register for a COVID-19 vaccination appointment? What's the best way? Um, you can go to myvaccineGA.com or dph.georgia.com slash COVID hyphen vaccine. Or you can go to the individual pharmacies at drugstores or at grocery stores to register as well. So there are, there are a lot of ways to do it. And if, if anyone, we're getting really good feedback from people how it's just getting easier and easier and easier to find an appointment. And if, if you go to that main um, D, Department of Public Health website, the dph.georgia.com slash COVID-vaccine, you'll actually find all of the different options for how you can register for a vaccine in Georgia. So all of them are on that, um, that website. Webpage. And if you didn't have time to write those sites down, you can go to our frequently asked questions on our website and we have the information there as well. So two questions that I'm getting a lot of through our social media. One is, do I need to bring any kind of ID or proof of employment that I work in childcare? They do ask you for ID typically just to see who you are so they can record it and know who's gotten the vaccine, but that's it. And what about, do I uh, have to have health insurance in order to get the vaccine? You do not. So, I mean, it's just, it's really, I mean, it's just a wonderful thing. And it's like, as far as people's fears about have, having to prove things and answer questions, what we're hearing over and over again is how efficiently these sites are run, how quickly they get you through. It's not like an all day thing. I mean, it's just, it's amazing how efficient these, these vaccines are rolling out. You, you may be asked to bring your health insurance card. So um, depending on the site, uh, because health insurance companies are able, or vaccine providers are able to bill for um, the administration of the vaccine. And they're also able to bill back to the federal government if someone doesn't have health insurance. So in many cases, you will be asked to provide your health insurance card, but it shouldn't be a barrier. So if you don't have health insurance, that's not a barrier to getting one. So no one will be charged for a um, vaccination. Gotcha. Good to know. Yeah, very good to know. Um, yeah. So Dr. Peacock, obviously another question that we're getting pretty frequently is, are there side effects from the COVID-19 vaccine? What can you tell us about that? There can be side effects. I think the most common side effect is a sore arm where, um, where you got the vaccination. Um, though people, some people also have a sort of more significant side effects that last a day or two. And those can include headache, muscle aches, um, fatigue, and sometimes fever. It seems like um, with the the Moderna and the Pfizer, the second time you get the vaccine, there are more side effects. Um, so it's important, I think, for employers of uh, childcare providers to know that that might be the case and maybe plan for some level of absenteeism the day after a vaccine. So that's kind of worked into the plan. Um, not all childcare providers should get their vaccine on the same day so that you have people to be able, um, you know, to be there at work. But in general, those um, side effects do subside. Not everybody gets them, but it is important to be aware that you may get some side effects. So Pam, with that in mind, uh, what advice do we give childcare employees as this may impact their classroom, their, their work routines? And we've been asked if pre-K and childcare will add sick days in, in case of any side effects. Well, you know, to talk about the sick days first, you know, that's really between the employee and the employer around sick days. So that's a conversation you need to have with your employer around what the plan is for that. Um, 
as far as how to make sure that not everyone is out with side effects on the same day is that, you know, childcare needs to do what they always do and that's work as a team. Have those conversations and figure out how to stagger appointments to make sure that we want everybody to get the vaccine as soon as possible, but you have to be practical as well and make sure that you're planning for your classrooms and for your center as a whole. And it's also not a bad idea maybe to think about getting the vaccine on a Friday or a Saturday so that you have a day just, just to built in already to recover and so you're ready to go the next week. Yeah, all very good advice. You definitely don't want to be feeling any of those symptoms and have to take care of three-year-olds. That would be a really rough day. I'm sure they would do it if they had to, but that would be a really rough day. (laughs) Um, Okay, so this is another question, and I'm curious, too. I don't know that I've done enough research on this one. So, Dr. Peacock, can I still test positive for COVID-19 after I am vaccinated? So in rare cases, um, you could test positive for COVID if you're exposed and, and you, um, you know, uh, get COVID, COVID illness. It's rare. If you have been vaccinated and you get exposed but you, and you don't have any symptoms, then there is no recommendation that you should get tested for COVID-19. Uh, if you do have s- symptoms and you've been exposed, Obviously, you would go ahead and get tested anyway, um, but it's it's fairly rare to, to get COVID after being vaccinated. Another uh, question that we're hearing after the vaccination is done, uh, is it safe for me to stop wearing a mask and practicing social distancing? It's hugs for everybody. Mask is off. Well, Dr. Peacock, what's your advice? So the CDC has put out updated uh, information on what can be done after you're fully vaccinated. So that means two weeks after you got either your second dose um, for Pfizer and Moderna or your first dose for Johnson and Johnson. And what they've said is that if you are with every people where everybody is vaccinated, you and you can gather indoors and you don't need to wear a mask. They also made this recommendation about quarantine. So you don't need to quarantine if you've been vaccinated and you don't need to get tested if you've been exposed. Um, however, in large areas or when you're around people who haven't been vaccinated, which is always going to be the case right now um, in a childcare setting because none of the children have been vaccinated, um, the recommendation is to wear a mask, continue your social distancing um, uh you know, practices, disinfect as you normally would, wash your hands with soap and water. Um, And the reason for that is because even though many people are getting vaccinated, we still have lots of people who have not. And so it's important to, um, you know, continue these prevention measures uh, um, across the the board. Hey, Rich, can we just add really quick again to remind people what social distancing means in childcare? In childcare, social distancing means making sure that you have distance from other groups your class isn't interacting with another class, that they're not uh, passing each other in the hallway, that they're not eating lunch together, that they're not on the playground at the same time. But of course we know when we're taking care of babies and toddlers and little children, we have to hold and touch them. That's part of the care that they need. And we would never expect you to social distance from a baby Mm. in your own classroom. Great. Thanks for that reminder. Yes. (laughs) Different applications in different places. Exactly. And and everybody in childcare wants to do the right thing. So we just always want to remind them that it does look a little bit different in childcare. Yeah. Yeah. Super important to hug those babies. Yes. (laughs) And oddly enough, we still get that question of how do you socially distance with infants, even though we've been talking about that for a year now, it's good to remind everyone that it's not possible. And we understand. 
so Dr. Peacock, you, you touched on this a little bit, but just to reiterate, what should I do if I'm exposed to COVID-19 after I am vaccinated? So after you're vaccinated, if you are fully vaccinated, which is two weeks after you've received your final shot, um, then you do not need to quarantine if you've been exposed. Obviously, quarantining wouldn't still need to happen for the children that might have been exposed because they're not vaccinated. But the teacher themselves, um, if they're vaccinated, would not need to quarantine. And uh, another question that we have uh, along those lines, if I had COVID-19, should I still get vaccinated? And uh, is there a waiting period before I make uh, that appointment? So you should still get vaccinated um, because we know that people have gotten COVID a second time. Um, what we think is that people have immunity for about 90, at least 90 days. And so the recommendation right now, because we're in a time of scarcity, is if you can put off getting your vaccination so someone who has not had COVID um, uh, can get vaccinated, you have up to 90 days after your illness to get vaccinated. The only, but that's, that's more of a public health reason to delay that vaccination. The only reason an individual wouldn't want to get the COVID vaccine after having COVID is if they got monoclonal antibodies. So if they got monoclonal antibodies as part of their treatment for their COVID illness, they do need to wait 90 days until they get vaccinated because the vaccine won't be effective. Okay. Uh, also added to the list on March 8th were parents of children with complex medical conditions who are at high risk for COVID complications. So Dr. Peacock, how is that defined? And do parents need to bring any type of documentation for that? Again, so eligibility in Georgia is all based on the honor system. So if you um, fit into a category, you can register for a vaccine and you will not be asked for proof um, for whatever that eligibility is. Um, some of the conditions um, that would fit into this category, and there's a full list on the DPH website, um, are things like um, uh, children who may be technology dependent, um, you know, use oxygen or have a trach or a G-tube or something like that. They may have um, uh, congenital heart disease. Um, they may have uh, severe asthma. So conditions where a, a caregiver, where the parent in some way is kind of providing a, a level of health care at home, whether they're providing a nebulizer treatment, they're changing out a G-tube, something like that. Um, but the idea is because those children are not eligible for vaccine yet, but we know that they're vulnerable, um, that the caregivers around them would be vaccinated. And how soon do you think we'll, be ha we'll have vaccines for children? I know we have 16 and 17 for Pfizer, but anything younger than that, there's not a vaccine available, right? Right. So those clinical trials are happening now. Um, I anticipate in the next, you know, um, number of months, it's hard to know, but probably within this year, I think that there will be vaccinations of um, younger children. What I have heard, um, but this can always change, is that the first group would be kind of the 12 to 17-year-olds, and then they might do 5 to 12-year-olds, and, and so on down. Um, the, the reason for this is you just want to make sure in your clinical trials that um, you're getting all of the safety data, you're getting the efficacy data to make sure that when we do open up vaccines for younger um, people, that they are um, recommended and they're safe. 
All right. Well, great information uh, today. Again, vaccinations available at the state's nine mass vaccination sites in Albany, Atlanta, Clarksville, Columbus, Emerson, Macon, Sandersville, Savannah, and Waycross. As Dr. Peacock mentioned, uh, a lot of those rural areas of Georgia seem to have a plentiful supply, while the uh, more metropolitan areas around the state uh, may be a little more challenged. However, we do expect to hear from the governor later today on the day that we're recording, uh, March the 23rd, that uh, maybe more folks will be eligible for the vaccines because of a larger amount and larger supply coming in uh, from the federal government. So that's all good news. Also, don't forget local health departments and your local pharmacies. Check with them as well. Visit myvaccinegeorgia.com or dph.georgia.com slash COVID-vaccine for more information. As Pam mentioned, we've got all that information on our website at decal.ga.gov. Well, this has been very enlightening, great conversation, and uh, we do want to encourage everyone to get out and get that vaccination. The real challenge is to have all child care teachers, pre-K teachers, and staff vaccinated by the end of this month, if possible, definitely going into the month of April. And so we encourage you to do that. Pam and Dr. Peacock, thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. And Commissioner, where do we stand now with decal employees being eligible for the vaccines? So, you know, there's a lot of folks that are eligible now, and it sounds like um, even more will be eligible soon, uh, waiting on that announcement from the governor and, of course, Dr. Toomey. Um, you know, we encur- I encourage every decal employee when they're eligible to get a vaccine. So many of them are already eligible, depending on their age or other conditions. Uh, but it sounds like uh, more will be uh, eligible soon. And so I definitely encourage everyone uh, to get their vaccine as soon as they become eligible and get that, get that appointment scheduled. All right. I understand, Reg, you've received your vaccine. I did. You know, I've been holding back because I didn't want to interject my own personal experience into the discussion here. But I did have the Johnson & Johnson vaccine from a local pharmacy in Buckhead. Uh, It happened yesterday. All this talk about give yourself a day. Here I am uh, (laughs) less than 24 hours later and feeling good. Uh, You know, no no complications. Uh, Here's the problem with... um, reading about side effects. I'm one of those people that if I read it, I'll start to feel it. So I try to stay away from reading too much information. Did feel a little, you know, with, with the uh, the chills and, and like I, you know, might have a, a slight fever last night, but that was short-lived and and today doing pretty, pretty well. So um, I well, did get the one I, and done. I had an experience yesterday that shows me how much the world has changed since COVID and vaccines. Um, a, a teenager who I will not identify, who is 15, <laughs> asked if she should get a fake ID to get a vaccine. So the world, uh, so obviously the answer is no. It's funny now that um, anyone would ever think of teenagers getting fake IDs to get vaccinated as opposed to doing other terrible things. Wow. So I thought it was hilarious. That is, we're selling <laughs> no, bad it. Bad idea. We're Just wait the year. You'll get <laughs> your. Yeah, we're, we're promoting it well, I guess, when you see that <laughs> All right. Well, again, thanks everyone for the discussion and uh, thanks for listening today. If you are listening and you have not been vaccinated yet, um, now's the time because the supplies are more plentiful. Um, There are so many locations, one near you. In addition to all of that, we mentioned the health departments 
and the local pharmacies. So um, check out the website, get more information, get vaccinated, as they say in the hashtag, sleeve up for childcare. And we appreciate uh, your support. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, my name is Ben Appling, and I work in the Audits and Compliance Division here in Atlanta. My question for Commissioner Jacobs is this. When will round three of the stable payments be available for Georgia child care providers? Thanks. Thanks, Ben. So stable three for child care providers open on March 22nd. And uh, there are about two weeks for providers to go ahead and get that application in. And they will, then we will start dispersing those payments. But it opened on March 22nd and you got two weeks to go ahead and get that application in. It's very simple. Uh, we've streamlined it and even improved it from the first two rounds. Um, so we encourage childcare providers to go ahead and get that application submitted. Mark that off your to-do list. And it sounds like several have. What, 45, 47% of the licensed programs in the state have already applied? Yeah, just on day one. That's what we're hearing. You know, 47% have already submitted their application. I think it's important for everyone else to know, go ahead and get it in. Just mark it off your to-do list. But it's not a first-come, first-serve. Everyone that's open um, and eligible will receive funding. Um, but go ahead and get it in and... Once we close down the application, we'll do some verification and then we'll start sending those payments out. And it's time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to this question. Email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. Here's the question. Who was our guest today from the CDC and Georgia Department of Public Health? Who was our guest today from the CDC and Georgia Department of Public Health? And we've got in some new prizes, including Chick-fil-A gift cards, passes to the Chick-fil-A College Football Hall of Fame, gift certificates from the school box, quality educational toys, games, learning materials, and school supplies, and passes to Stars and Strikes Family Entertainment Center Bowling and Arcade Fund. So send us your answer, decal download at decal.ga.gov. We'll put all the correct answers together, pull out one name, and you'll win the prize. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.